Hello, hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of Skeptics and Seekers, Sunday Sermon. David Johnson. Let's get started. You know, Jesus Christ talked about two lines, two paths. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 13, Jesus Christ said, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate. And broad is the way that leads to destruction. There are many who go in by it. This is a street preacher. I don't know his name. It doesn't matter. He represents all street preachers. <laughs> I will probably revisit the street preacher during the course of Skeptics and Seekers for a few reasons. One, I think they are the purest kind of Christian there is. They are as far from the academic as you can get. There are no academically inclined street preachers. These are, <laughs> these are just people who read their Bibles the same way you do, come up with the same conclusions that you do, and then they preach it to anyone who passes by. <laughs> so that may be the thing that separates them from you. <laughs> and uh, they do seem to really believe the things that they believe. But there, there are no liberal street preachers. There are no, there are no progressive street preachers. I would go as far as to say there are no moderate, no mainline street preachers. Mainstream Christians don't do this. In fact, mainstream Christians find this very awkward. They can't preach against street preachers because street preachers are doing the thing that Jesus literally did, which is go out and, you know, start preaching to people. <laughs> so, uh, Jesus, your, your original street preacher, but he, he wasn't, He's the original Christian street preacher. He wasn't the original street preacher. The prophets would have been the original street preachers uh, from way back. And so there's a long tradition in religion, uh, you know, highlighting street preachers. So mainstream Christians find it very awkward. They can't say that the enterprise of street preaching is bad anymore. They can say that the enterprise of door knocking is bad. They don't do it, but they can't, they can't condemn it. Jesus practically commanded it. <laughs> they can't condemn it. <laughs> so, um, what do they do? Well, they also can't walk around yelling crazily at everybody who passes by. I mean, these people have lives, they have jobs. They, you know, this is not how people behave or should behave in the 21st century 21st yeah 21st century I, I get the centuries confused sometimes um so yeah this is it's hard for mainstream christians to condemn it but it's even harder for them to actually do it none of them none of them actually want to do it and the the thing that further makes it awkward is that mainstream christians as a rule Think of street preachers in the same way that skeptics do, which is to say they're batshit crazy. And everybody knows it. <laughs> skeptics already know it. They already believe it. They don't mind saying it. Christians can't actually say it, though. They have to pretend to be in solidarity. These are Christians, but they know that they are batshit crazy. <laughs> and they it's it's just a very awkward thing for mainstream Christians. So I um 
I love street preachers. Here's the other thing. I see street preachers all the time. Now I live in New Jersey, as everyone, everybody knows by now. I like to uh, hang out in Manhattan, as everybody knows by now. These are hotbeds for street preachers. I have seen more street preachers here than I did in the South. <laughs> so, um, and I did run into uh, a few in the South. You know, the bigger the city, the more likely that you're going to run into street preachers. I was uh, I was out and about. I want to say yesterday, today is Sunday. I'm recording this on the day that I'm going to release it. Uh, so sorry, uh, it's late. I was out and about yesterday. I was in my electric wheelchair. I was going to go to the mall. I had to go about a mile or most of a mile from my apartment to the bus stop. All the buses here have wheelchair lifts. So um, that was a harrowing adventure. So those of you who are looking for an update on my health, here's the update. I felt well enough to get out and go to the mall, at least to try. I did not know how big of an adventure it would be. The sidewalks between here and the bus stop are so bad, so bad. Some of them are impassable. I had to ride in a very busy street for part of the way because there's no wheelchair ramp on the sidewalks. Um, they're impassable. If I didn't have my wife with me to help, you know, push me over some inclines or pull me out of the weeds when, when I tipped off into the weeds, things like that. Um, I don't know. I'd, I'd probably still be stuck there right now, but a uh, harrowing adventure. Getting on the bus, riding the bus, that was all fine. Uh, rolling around in a mall in an electric wheelchair, let me tell you, I highly recommend that. It's better than walking, and I love walking. Malls, nice and flat, <laughs> even floors. Uh, you can really zip about in a mall. You live in the Wally lifestyle. Uh, there. Getting to it is horrendous. And so, uh, there's the update there. But uh, the bus stop I was waiting at, I, uh, I chose a bus that was actually a closer bus stop, but I chose... One that was a little bit further away because it has benches and things like that. And I, I wanted my wife to be able to sit down. So we went there and the benches were all occupied. So she still couldn't sit down. But at least it was nice and quiet. Uh, nice uh, tree shading the area. So I didn't have to be out in direct sunlight. Uh, so that was nice. Just seconds after we pulled up, two people came rolling up. One uh, man, one lady, street preachers. They set down their boombox, hooked up their little karaoke microphone, and um, they began to make a lot of very unpleasant noise. It started with some tongues, because of course it did. So we 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 got a tongue speaking show. Uh the man who was not a good singer uh sang some songs solo to hype up the crowd, which was not <laughs> just people waiting on the bus. And then the lady, she was the preacher and she brought the Holy Spirit. Boy, did she bring the fire. I pulled out my phone. I tried to record it, but um, I was also wearing some headphones. I think it used my the microphones, my headphones, not the phone. So I, I got a really bad recording. I was going to share that. That was going to be a 4S. going to be a little surprise, a little, little street preaching crazy. But the audio is too bad to use, so I do not have that audio. But I can tell you, this sort of thing is not uncommon. In New York, the street preaching demonstrations are even more elaborate. They usually come in large groups. And I can tell you, I've seen probably five or six of these demonstrations in New York. It's always Asian street preachers, uh, Asian Christians street preaching. <laughs> it's never black people. 
uh, every now and then there's a white person, but it's usually a group of Asians, <laughs> a large group. They go marching around Bryant Park. They, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just a whole demonstration. Uh, it's, it's a show. Uh, sometimes you get it in, um, in a Times Square. It's, uh, it's great. The next time I am there and I have something I can record with, I will try to record it and bring you some street preaching as I see it periodically. But even though I wasn't able to capture this particular street preacher, it did make me think, you know, I really should do a street preaching show because they have a lot of similarities and there is a sense of, if you've seen one, you've seen them all. Um, that's not really true. It's, it's not a monolithic group, but they do share a lot of things in common. Once again, there are no progressive street preachers. <laughs> You're not going to find that. Uh, they are always highly conservative street preachers, uh, often Calvinists, at least by, by the doctrine that they preach. Um, Calvinists on the extreme uh, conservative end of things. Sometimes they are mainstream conservative, so th not exactly mainstream, but on the on the far right of mainstream, if you will. Uh, you know, if they still hang on to that mainstream title, it's, it's always a conservative fundamentalist type person, and they're always preaching that message. And I think that that message is conducive. For street preaching. So as you listen to this street preacher, I want you to uh, notice a few themes that will come up. Heaven and hell. It starts off that way. Um, street preachers believe in a literal hell. Okay? They, all of them do. <laughs> I don't th there are no street preachers equivocating about the fires and the torments of hell. They can't. That's a, that's a major part of their lesson. They are screaming into the void and trying to, like John the Baptist, warn people about the fate that awaits them. They have to preach about a terrible fate that awaits the crowd. <laughs> they, just, they have to. <laughs> and so you don't do that by saying things like, well, hell is a prison that you lock from the inside. That's not, that's not street preacher material. <laughs> that's not going to do it. Um, they take the Bible very literally, you know, Adam and Eve, usually six days. Um, you know, they're, you know, they're those people. And street preachers are also highly confrontational. I mean, they have to be. They're in your face. They're coming out where you are getting in your face, preaching you a sermon that you didn't ask to hear. They're not in a church building. By the way, street preachers tend not to have church buildings to preach in. <laughs> They're trying to, to, to um, this is one of the ways that they gather enough of a following uh, to eventually get into a church building. Uh, the street preacher that I encountered yesterday someone confronted that person and they had some interesting conversation and um the person was saying look you don't have a permit to do this you're disturbing the peace you know blah 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 this person by the way was a mainstream christian <laughs> which, which i found hilarious and it, it kind of highlights the thing mainstream christians think these people are crazy too <laughs> so um but this person was a Christian. She was uh, telling these street preachers, you, you're not supposed to be here. You're disturbing the peace. Uh, you don't have a license. Uh, you know, you need to you need to pack this up and move on. Uh, yada, yada, yada. And they, of course, kept preaching. But somewhere in that sermon, they incorporated that incident and said, you know, some might say that we are, you know, not following the law, but this is bigger than law. This is... This is about obeying the will of God. God told us uh, to do this. God sent us on this mission, and we are being faithful to him. We ought to obey God, obey God rather than that. This is a very typical thing. Street preachers believe that they are on a mission sent directly from God, and they don't give a tinker's damn about the laws and ordinances that they break. They can break any law. They're not under the man uh, law of man. They're under the law of God. And so 
Um, that's, uh, that's just kind of the type of personality and the type of belief you have to have to do the job of street preaching. And you have to be willing to get in people's faces, uh, when you're street preaching. And the, the other reason you have to have that type of personality is because people are going to get in your face, right? Um, kind of like the, the incident yesterday, someone got in their face. It wasn't me, but someone got in their face. Thank God. God bless those people. Um, but people are gonna people are gonna push back. You know, you you get out there and you're calling people out as doomed sinners, people are going to push back. Now, unfortunately, the kind of people that push back are usually not the brightest people. <laughs> <laughs> they're often not the most sober people. <laughs> they're, just, they're just normal people who are pissed off. They don't have any real arguments. They haven't thought any of this through. Um, and so they're kind of ill-equipped to do it. And so it, it, in some ways, it benefits the street preacher who is marginally more knowledgeable about theology than the average person. So when the average angry person pushes back and starts to heckle, th this actually plays into the street preacher's hand. And you will see this um, in, in this recording. Um, it's like a heckler and a comedian on stage. The comedian always has the advantage. One, they practice being heckled. They, they have particular sets for being heckled. Also, they hold the mic. And the one who holds the mic usually wins. Michael Richards, notwithstanding. Hecklers tend to not have much of a chance against a well-prepared uh, performer. So, we'll see that. <clears throat> we'll stop every now and then and... Um, <laughs> Excuse me. Say a few words. This sermon is 36 minutes, and I have already talked for what feels like 36 minutes. So I'm going to try to let him talk and get away with as much murder as I can. Uh, but uh, here we go. Enjoy. If you're on the line tonight to spice, it's very clear you're on the broad path that leads to destruction. By the way, he's in front of some kind of nightclub. I don't know what it is. If you're someplace in England, I don't know if this is England or New York or LA. I, for some reason, I thought it was England. And he said, if you're on the line, which is a British phrase rather than in the line. But um, for some reason, I thought this was, a, uh, this was somewhere in the UK. If anyone knows anything about Spice... Throw it in the comments. Just, just curious. But he's he's in front of this place. It's a club. Maybe it's a strip club. Maybe it's a. I don't know what kind of club it is. Uh, but it's a place where people party. Uh, you know, let their hair down, hang out. He's parked in front of this place to give this message. And so, kind of what follows is what follows. Get off the broad path tonight. It's a good destruction. I like it. It's a good destruction? How about everlasting destruction? Is that good? Yeah, that's pretty good. I like it. Well, you say that now, but I'm going to call you on your verbal hypocrisy because you're on your way to hell currently in your sins. And if you really think it's so fun, you should start the party now. But you won't do that. Yeah, sinners high-five themselves straight to hell. Straight to judgment day, high-fiving yourself. The highway to hell, right? The highway, we go The highway to hell? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, get off the highway to hell and get on the path to eternal life through Jesus Christ. Jesus calls you to repentance, calls you out of your line, out of your sin tonight, and calls you to holiness, calls you to mercy, calls you to give up your drunkenness, to give up your lusts. You're out here tonight to sin. You're out here tonight, and it could be your last night. And then what will become of you? What will become of you then if you die tonight? 
From what I understand, there's been lots of shootings in the city. That makes your life even more fragile. The scriptures say that whereas you do not have tomorrow, for what is your life? It's a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Your life is going to vanish away. And it might be tonight. Tonight might be the night that your life vanishes away. Okay, this obviously can't be the UK or anywhere in Europe because we referenced there's been a lot of shootings. And you don't have a lot of that in the UK and Europe, so someplace in America. Tonight might be the night that your life vanishes away. Cameras all over the place here, buddy. I don't care. Cameras all over the place. Huh? I just don't want to. I just don't want to point it. Out. I don't care if you. Cameras all over the place here. I don't care. So uh, what's going on here is a little bit unclear. Uh, you know, this is being filmed. And I don't, I don't think it was filmed by him. It was being filmed, and it seems like there may have been a kerfuffle where he didn't want a camera pointing in his face, or maybe someone got too close with him, and so there's a little bit of a discussion about that that we can't make out. And uh, the person with the camera is saying, "Hey, look, there are cameras all over the place." So, and you can't, um, you can't be upset that people are filming you because there are cameras all over the place. Uh, so that's what's going on there. I don't care if you film it. There are cameras all over the place. Officer there, bring it over. Yeah, so there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end of it is a way of death. Tonight, when you decide to come here tonight and go to this club and lust and get drunk and get high and dance in wicked ways, you thought to yourself, this, this seems right but it's leading to death. This path you're on tonight of sin is leading to your death. Uh, notice with street pre preaching, there is a distinct absence of nuance. There's no, <laughs> there's no nuance. Uh, it's all black and white, heaven and hell, life and death. Um, there's also a, a distinct lack of epistemological humility. Uh, the, the street preacher knows for sure about these things that they can't know. Um, there's no, they can't show any sign of weakness. Uh, a pulpit preacher is very similar, but you know, they get to know their congregation. They can, they can show a little bit of epistemological uh, humility. A street preacher can never show any weakness. The other thing that you'll notice throughout this uh, sermon is the repeated references to the Bible, references to the Bible, references to the scripture, um, because this is really the only tool the street preacher has. God says, the Bible says, the Bible says, here, according to scripture, here's the scripture. Um, it never occurs to them that what's written in a book is not actually evidence of anything, but that is the only tool they've got okay God. that's what the scriptures say the bible says though a sinner does evil a hundred times and his days are prolonged yet i surely know it will be well with those who fear god who feared before him but it will not be well with the wicked nor will he prolong his days which are as a shadow because he does not fear before god the death style you're living is a very fragile life. It's a very fragile existence. And the, the longer you go on in sin, the more fragile your life is. The more you cut off your life and cut off how much life you have left, the longer you go on in your sins. And if your days are prolonged at all in your sin, it's not because of the way you're living, that's for sure. Because your sin is going to lead to your death. Your sin is going to lead to your death in the end. But if God is prolonging your days, it's because of his mercy, because of his kindness towards you, that he doesn't want you to perish in your sins. But the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. See, if you continue to live on in your sin, it's not because you're smart. 
not because you're wise, not because you're eating good and exercising and all the other things you put credit to for why you're living a longer life, for why you're still alive. If you're in sin right now, any sin at all, and you're prolonging your days, you're continuing to live in it, it's only because of the mercy and the patience of God that he's not struck you down yet and cast you into hell and brought you before him for judgment. You know, so God is not slack. You see, some of you may think, well, in your sin, as you continue to rebel against God and shake your fist in his face and say, I will not have you to rule over me, you may think in your foolish hearts and your darkened hearts that God does not exist or that the judgment day I preach about will never come and does not exist. Nothing could be further from the truth. Delayed judgment on God's behalf does not equal a lack of judgment. Delayed judgment does not equal indifference towards you. Delayed judgment on God's behalf does not equal you're getting away with it because you will not get away with a thing. The scripture says on judgment day, God will open up the books of your life and he will judge you according to the things that are written in it. And when God records, he records. He doesn't record like an iPhone that cuts off after a few minutes. You run out of memory, you run out of battery. God's continually recording your life. He knows about the pornography you're watching last night. He knows about the lust you have in your heart, the hatred you have in your heart. He knows about your plans to sin tonight. He knows all about it. He knows your days before they happen. He knows your future. Yeah, you. He knows your future and he's calling you to repentance. Yeah, you. Yeah, all of you. He's calling you to repentance. Yes, you. He's calling you to repentance. He's calling you to go and sin no more. Whatever your sins are. You know, repentance is what God calls you to. The scripture says, repent therefore and be converted. That your sins might be blotted out. That times of refreshing might come from the presence of the Lord. You come in here tonight. You think, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to relax, I'm going to wind down from my, from my week at work. I'm going to get some refreshments, some, some alcohol, some alcoholic beverages, and it never satisfies. Jesus said, go! And sin no more. That's what Jesus said, go and sin no more. But your, your beer will never satisfy. How do I know the Bible tells me so and I experienced it myself? Sin will never satisfy you. The Bible says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. They shall be fulfilled. They shall be satisfied. Because you're made for righteousness. You're not made for sin. You're not made for drunkenness and sexual immorality. You're not made for drug use. You're not made for lying and stealing and covetousness. You're made for righteousness. Because you're made in the image of God. But you're not living up to the image. You're living according to the image. Bullshit. No, it's not. Bullshit. It's the truth. You're brainwashed. I, I, I'd rather have my brain washed, my brain dirty like yours. You know what gray, gray cells are in your brain? It's called reasoning cells. You believe in fucking shit. Prove it. Yeah. Prove it. Look at you. Okay, come up with a fucking idea. Your, your own idea, except someone else's idea. Jesus said, go and sin no more. What's the sin? What is your sin? What is this? Have you lied? Define. Have you lied before? No, I don't lie. You've lied before. No. Yeah, you have. You're lying to me right now. You've lied before in your life. Thousands of times. And every liar shall have his part in the lake of fire, the scripture says. And you walk away on that one thing, huh? You can't handle a lying issue. Shut up. You're a psycho. You're a... I'm a psycho. So I'm telling you to stop lying. That's the path of a psycho. No, psychopaths love to lie. That's, that's their M.O. They love lying. But I'm here to tell you the truth. The truth about yourself. The truth about eternity. The truth about Jesus Christ. The truth about where you're going to go. You die in your sins. And there's a man in the scripture. He was loving life. He was heaping up for himself treasures and riches. He said to himself, I'm going to big, build bigger buildings to hold my riches. And then God said, you fool. Tonight your life will be demanded of you. See, many of you, you think riches are the answer to your, your problems. Riches are the answer to your sadness, your loneliness. Well, talk to all the celebrities every year who are so miserable and so depressed and kill themselves. And they have everything you could ever want. And it doesn't satisfy them.
Because blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. They shall be fulfilled. Your sin will never satisfy. And the deeper you go into sin, it never satisfies. You want more and more and worse and worse. And then judgment day comes. Then you die in your sins, you end up in hell. Don't let that happen to you. Don't end up in hell. Don't end up in hell. You know, Scripture says that when Christ returned with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on all those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, these he shall punish with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Uh, this poor street preacher is not familiar with the rewrite in some translations that take the vengeance out of this passage or others that take the flaming fire out of this passage. Someone needs to tell him about the kinder, gentler hell. Okay, if God and Allah are different people... The Allah of Islam is not the God of the Bible. The Allah of Islam is the devil of the Bible. The devil of the Bible? That's right. Really? Allah says about himself in the Quran that he's the greatest deceiver. Really? You know what the Bible says about the devil? He's a father of lies. Sounds eerily similar to me. Oh, what I heard is that Allah can save lives, so... Allah can't save anything. He's a deman. He comes to destroy. Kill, steal, and destroy. Allah is just another name. He's wicked. No, it's not. Absolutely and not. To be honest, like... The, the supposed God of Islam is nothing like the God of the Bible. No, no, I, I do have a straight-up question. Like, this is straight-up... Well, what's your straight-up question? Yeah, yeah, just hold on. Just, you're hostile right off the bat. No, I'm not hostile. I'm just asking you what your question is. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. So I've done a bit of uh, theological studies and stuff like that. Huh? So... I've noticed that the idea of Satan, the devil, and Lucifer are all sort of tied in one. Like, you know, Morningstar and all this other shit, fallen angels, whatnot, whatnot, whatnot. Those are all similar, those are all names for the same person in the scripture. The same person. Yes, thank you, thank, uh -huh. you, thank you. But that does not appear until later into the New Testament. Absolutely not, that's not true. Old Testament talks about Satan, talks about Lucifer, talks about the the evil one, it talks about not, demons. Yes, no, it does. No. Hold on, hold on. Just like, Satan like is a friend. Friends. Well, well yeah, of course. no, he's actually your enemy. No, no, but you treat him like he's your friend, but he's your enemy. You love him. You follow him. You serve him, but he hates you. Why does Satan doesn't hate me? Yeah, he does. You have a love-hate relationship with him. You love him, and he hates you. But is it bad to master Jesus? Jesus is a love-hate relationship because you hate Jesus, but he loves you. Really what does that mean? Theology. Not going to save you on Judgment Day. Like, I was raised a Roman Catholic. You need Jesus Christ and to become born again of the Holy Spirit. If you're not born again, you won't inherit God's kingdom, the scripture says. Yes, Jesus said that. John 3. So you must be born again or you will not see the kingdom of God. 3.16. Well, John 3.16 is after that. John, John, What about John 3.18? John John yeah, Satan's your enemy. He's the enemy of your soul. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants you to go to hell with him. He does not love you. He does not care for you. He wants you to die and go to hell with him. And he's succeeding with most of you. I mean, he's got you here tonight. He's got you to dress the way you're dressed. He's got you lusting after people. He's got filthy language coming out of your mouth. You're liars. You're thieves. You're covetous. You're greedy. And there's never enough. And the Bible says, he that commits sin is a slave to sin. The scripture says, he who sins is of the devil. But the Bible says, he who sins is of the devil. The Bible says, in this the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God. I'm sorry, don't the people of God sin? Two? Curious. Pure curious. What makes you want to do this tonight? Well, there's lots of people here, lots of sinners here. And I'm here for the sick. I'm here for the sinners what? to preach the gospel to them. Uh, no, totally. Yeah, huh? Totally. What makes these people in particular sinners? Well, the way they're dressed, where they're going, what they're here to do. What's, uh, what's about the dress? What's well, the Bible says a godly woman will dress modestly. And so when a woman comes out showing off her chest, wearing skin-tight clothing, showing off her backside, purposefully trying to draw attention to certain parts of her body, mm -hmm. that by definition is an immodest woman. For my part, if I'm out and about and there's a woman who wants to show off her dress and her backside to me,
you're welcome to do it. Okay. And therefore unrighteous and ungodly. Yeah. So they need to so repent. In your mind, like a woman should be modest specifically to serve God, I suppose, or to serve a man? Well, there's many reasons why a woman should be modest. Number one, God tells her to be. Uh-huh. Number what, two, it's, it's number two, it's loving her neighbor. Because by dressing the way she's dressing, she's causing her neighbor to lust. Okay, but isn't that on the man who is lusting? Well, it's on him and it's on her. It's on both. How's it on her, though? Well, she's providing the opportunity, the obvious opportunity. And he and he's he's taking advantage of that. He doesn't have to. Like, this, this women walk around not lusting after them. What? I'm, I'm walking in the Holy Spirit and self-control. Clearly. But most men out here are not that case. Okay, okay, but... Yeah, uh, all these other men are lusting after these scantily dressed women. But... But not me. And so they're, they're feeding their lust. Hear me up for I'm a second. Not, uh, so the Bible says, no, no, if you call someone to sin, you're better off tying a large millstone around your neck and jumping into a deep sea okay. than causing someone to sin. But hear me up for a second. Oh, God, he's lying. No, you're not. You're not smart enough to be God. You're not powerful enough to be God. But hold on, but hold on, but hold on, but hold on. So, I want to pose a hypothetical for you for a second. Uh -huh. I'm not arguing anything. I'm just purely questions. Okay. I want to pose a hypothetical for you for a second. So, if a woman is fully, like, let's say up to here, fully clothed, yep. like, whatnot, but the neighbor is still lusting after her, is that still her issue? Absolutely not. Absolutely not? Absolutely not. So, why is uncovering even a little bit of that her issue? Like, it's still on him. Well, no, no. You're, you're, you're trying to make a, a false dichotomy. No, no, no. It's no. her fault and it's his fault. Why is it her fault? It's her fault for dressing immodestly, his fault for lusting. Okay, but... I mean, think about it. The, no, the no. women walking around here tonight that I see are dressing stuff that would be like classified as underwear just 10 years ago. You know, and, and, and the problem with underwear, it's supposed to be under other wear. But give me a second, give me a second. You know, no. in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve sinned... No, no, no. They, and they realized they were naked. Why does it matter? Because you're sinning. No, but what's the problem? Well, I care. I care. What is wrong with the human body? Well, if, if you don't think there's anything wrong with the human body, why are you covering up at all? Uh, you are covering up right now. No, I don't. I don't want you to walk around the way you are, to be honest. But hold on. But I did have an actual question. Uh, in on this. Well, I'm not answering any of your questions anymore. We're done. Well, I'm done talking to you. Right. You're exposing yourself in public. Shame on you. Shame on you. What? Shame on you. Wait, how does that make any of my arguments about that? Shame on you. No, but I had a I had another fucking question to ask. Well, well, I, I, I think you're intoxicated, number one, so no. I don't think we're going to get anywhere. Not even number really. two, you're exposing yourself in public what right in front of me. Anything. Yeah. It means I'm I suspect she is intoxicated. I'm not going to talk to you anymore. I'm not answering any more Why of your questions. Why does you can't talk to me? Well, I could, but I'm not going to. If I'm a sinner like everyone else out here and you were talking to Stand me, over there and sinner before. Stand over there and listen. No, no. I'm listening to you right now. Yeah, I'm so the scriptures make said. it very clear. Hold on! That the scriptures make it clear. Said and you're not no, you're not listening at all. Definitely intoxicated. makes everything clear. God commands all men everywhere to repent because there's coming a day in which he's going to judge the world in righteousness. Need to repent. Don't say amen and continue in your sins. Don't say amen and continue in your sins. Don't say amen and continue to this this wicked club right here. Don't say amen and continue in your immodest dress and your drunkenness and your lust and your filthy language. You're just deceiving yourself. The Bible says you need to hear the word of God. But not just hear it, do it. If you hear the word of God and don't do it, you're just deceiving yourself. You're walking in self-delusion. God is calling you out of your delusion tonight, out of your self-deception tonight, out of your sin tonight, and into his mercy and his grace and his kindness. Right now, if you're a sinner, you're an enemy of God. You're under the wrath of God. And you're storing up wrath for yourself the more you go on in your sins. Let your conscience do its proper work tonight. God has given you your conscience. He's written his law upon your heart. And your conscience is made to accuse you when you do wrong and excuse you when you do right. And God commands you to repent. Many of you have seared your conscience, corrupted your conscience, calloused your conscience so much that you think you can walk around in your underwear and be okay. Not true. You think you can call yourself a Christian and do wicked things? Not true. Can't do it. God calls you out of that. 
The Bible says, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch the unclean thing and I will receive you. I'll be your father and you'll be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness and the fear of God. You know what's lacking in this place? The fear of God is lacking in this place. We need more of the fear of God in this place. The scripture says, by the fear of God, one departs from evil. The scripture says, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. There's a lack of wisdom here tonight. There's an abundance of foolishness here tonight because there's a lack of the fear of God here tonight. And God's calling you to fear him. Scripture says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is man's all. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. What's God going to bring into judgment just from your life today? Just today. How many blasphemies? How much filthy language? How many lies? How much covetousness? How much lust? How much hatred and bitterness would God bring into judgment from your life just today? And we're talking about your whole life. We're talking about everything. Even the secret thing, the things you hide from everybody else. You hide from your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your spouse. You hide it from your best friend. God knows about it. You haven't hidden a thing from him. You know, uh, just a quick interruption. One of the delusional things about this type of preaching is that the one who's preaching honestly believes they're doing some good. They believe they're reaching people. Wow. You're in great danger. Let these facts, let these truths sink down deep inside your heart and mind. Let it provoke you to fear. Provoke you to repentance. Provoke you to give up your sin and follow Jesus Christ. There's no life in this place. There's no life in your sin. There's only death in your sin. There's life in Jesus Christ. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the light. Jesus Christ is the life, not one of the lives. He is the life, and Jesus Christ is the only one who can give you life. Allah can't give you life. The millions of gods from Hinduism can't give you life. The Pope can't give you life. Joseph Smith and Mormonism can't give you life. But Jesus Christ can give you life. But he only gives life to those who die to themselves. He said, if you want to come after me, you want to follow me, take up your cross. That's death to you. Death to your plans. Death to what you want to do with your life. It's full surrender of your life to Jesus Christ. And you say, here I am, Lord. Whatever you want to do with me, I'm willing to do. And you need to let go of all your sins. The scripture says, therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. Your life is overflowing with wickedness. You have an abundance of filthiness in your life, abundance of sin in your life. Don't deceive yourself. You're not a good person. You're a sinner. Sinner deserving of God's wrath and God's judgment. Sinner deserving of hellfire forever. And that's what will happen to sinners who don't repent, who refuse to give up their sin, who continue in their rebellion against God and their drunkenness and their lust and their porn watching and their sex outside of marriage and your idolatry. God loved you so much, he sent me here to rebuke you in love. Jesus Christ said in Revelation 3, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. God loves you. The second observation is they think that they are preaching a message of love. They think they are behaving in love, shouting at people and telling them that they are on the way to hell. And uh, the third observation uh, there, they believe that God has sent them. They are on a mission, that they uh, are following the direct mandate of God to be on that street corner, to talk to those people, and that is what they are supposed to do. And so the cycle of delusional behavior and reinforcement is complete. Therefore, be zealous and repent. 
God is striving with you tonight, but he will not strive with man forever. He will not strive with you forever. He will not have mercy upon you forever. He will not be patient with you forever. His patience will run out eventually. When you die or when Christ returns, it will be too late to get right with God then. The Bible says today is a day of salvation. Today, not tomorrow. You may not have tomorrow. You may not even have the rest of this night. You may think in your heart, your foolish heart, I'm young, I have many years to live. I'm going to be young and have fun and I'll be serious about these things later. Well, you may not have later. You better get serious about it now. Can I, can I suck you off? Like suck your dick? You're wicked, you're perverted, you're filthy, you're on your way to hell unless you repent. Can I suck your dick? You're filthy. You're perverted. Please. You're perverted. You're depraved. You have a wicked, depraved, filthy heart. Suck you off really A wicked, depraved, filthy heart. You're wicked. You're perverted. You're on your way to hell. No, I'm not repent. I can't suck his dick. Repent of your filthy heart. You sinners think that the solution to your problem is alcohol and blowjobs. <laughs> you the solution to your problem? No, actually, actually, sin costs you a whole lot. Sin costs you a whole lot. No, 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 no. Take your hand off me. There's no. I can. Take your hand off that too. Take your hand off of that. That's that's my pole. I would like take you to hand. fucking listen to me. For no, I'm not listening to you. Sin costs you a lot. Sin is the most expensive thing in the universe. Every fucking way. The most expensive thing in the universe is sin. You can fucking talk over me. I'm showing you what the list is. Most expensive thing in the universe. It's gonna cost you your soul. I haven't said it. Your sin is gonna cost you your soul. Your sin is gonna cost you your soul in the end. Don't go to hell. What should a prophet a man to gain the whole world and lose a soul in the end? What will it profit to gain all the beer in the world? You know what? I'm going to go to hell. All the club editors in the world? What will it profit you, you to get all the sex in the world, what? all the money in the world, all the fame in the world, and then end up in hell in the end? It'll profit you nothing. You are ungodly, It'll profit you nothing. You have no idea It'll profit you nothing. These are my neighbors, and I fucking love them, and you got shit By flashing them. By flashing them. By flashing them. You love them by flashing them. You love them by sinning. I love my neighbors. You know, Jesus Christ said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Jesus Christ said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Jesus said, have the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. By your words, you shall be justified. And by your words, you shall be condemned, Jesus said. So he said, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good things. An evil man, out of the evil treasure, evil things. For I say unto you that for every idle word men may speak, they'll give account of in the day of judgment. For by your words you shall be justified, and by your words you shall be condemned. The Bible says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Corrupt words come out of your mouth. It's sure sign, sure proof that you have a filthy heart in need of cleansing a wicked heart. You know, you have a, a septic tank in your mouth because you have a potty for a heart. It just flows right out of it. You have a septic tank in your mouth, a sewer in your mouth, you have a, you have a toilet for a heart. You just flush it and it comes out. You guys are pretenders. You need to cleanse yourself. The Bible says, wash yourselves, make yourselves clean. Put away the evil of your doing from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they're red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you are willing and obedient. See, God's offering to wash away the stain of your sins. You can't wash away your sins by going to confession tomorrow. I love this altar call. <laughs> with a woman in the background just screaming, 
obscenities. And um, this guy believes in this altar call. <laughs> this is a good time for it. And it's going to be, it's going to be effective. Someone's going to come. Really, somebody. <laughs> you can't wash away your sins by going and helping the homeless. You can't wash away your sins by doing good things. Only the shed blood of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary can wash away the filth and stain of your sins. Your sin is irre irremovable. No, not in Jesus Christ, it isn't. Yeah, Jesus Christ washed away my sins. By the blood of Jesus Christ, my sins have been washed away. Yeah, Jesus Christ can wash away your sins. So why do you still have him? The fact is that if why do you, you still have him? He took him away. If you sin, Joe, and you feel good, you still have him. He has taken sins away. That means you're not a real Christian. I'm sorry, you're not a real. I'm because you're going to the club and I'm living holy, I'm not a real Christian. Woe unto those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. That's backwards. Jesus Christ didn't die so you can keep on sinning. He died so you go and sin no more. He died to set you free from your sin. Not that you stay in the captivity and slavery of your sin, but to set you free from your sin. Jesus Christ said he that commits sin is a slave to sin. You're a slave to your sin. You're a slave to your sin. But he who the Son sets free is free indeed. Christ came to set you free from your sin. And if you're still in your sin, don't deceive yourself in this line tonight and think you're okay with God and your hypocrisy and your blindness and your drunken stupor. You're not right with God. No drunkard shall inherit God's kingdom. Your middle finger. I'm your number one preacher. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. But Jesus Christ came to take away your sins. The Bible says he came to destroy the works of the devil. And the devil is still working in your life or in line tonight. And he came to destroy that work. But he who sins is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. No, I'm not going to shut up. I'm here to preach the gospel to you, sinner. The Bible makes it clear. Yes. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. But he who sins of the devil. The Bible says, now by this we know that we know Jesus. If we keep his commandments. He who says they know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. All right, look, I could cut this off at any time. I could have cut it off 20 minutes ago. Uh, it's, but I'm not. <laughs> it's the long version. You, this is what Christians literally yell in the streets. This is Christianity as most of us know it. And, and if you know a different Christianity, uh, take it up with other Christians. Because this is the Christianity that is loudest and most prevalent and most representative. That's the word of God. You claim to know God. You claim to know Jesus Christ. But you're living in disobedience. You're a liar, the scripture says. You're a liar. And every liar shall have his part in the lake of fire. You may say, well, my lies are usually white lies, half-truths, fib. You can justify your lying all you want. Every liar shall have his part in the lake of fire. And let's face it, you've gone well beyond lying. The Bible says, for this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. Do not be partakers with them. Not only are you sinning yourself, you're partaking with other sinners. 
and God calls you out of that tonight. He calls you to freedom. He calls you to deliverance. He calls you to healing. He calls you to forgiveness and pardon and transformation. He calls you to repent, therefore, and be converted. Your sins might be blotted out, and times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. He offers you times of refreshing. He offers you pardon and forgiveness, and you reject it and go on in your sins to your damnation. I pity you. I pity you. You go on in your sins and go off to hell. When Jesus Christ, Roman Catholicism will help you, sir. You go on in your sins. When Christ offers you life, a cheap imitation. This sin you're engaging tonight is a cheap imitation. It'll never satisfy. It'll never fulfill. It'll never give you peace. It'll never take away your loneliness. It'll never wash away your sins. You need washing. You need cleansing. You're dirty in the eyes of God. The Bible says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. All oh, the mercy, the abundant pardon of God. All the sins you've committed can be washed away. All the sins, no matter how great they are, no matter how much they are, no matter how wicked they are, Christ can wash them away. But you've got to repent. There is no salvation outside of repentance. There is no forgiveness outside of going and sinning no more. You continue in your rebellion, you will never be saved. You may think to yourself, well, God takes away my guilt, takes away my shame. He delivers me from hell and judgment and condemnation. No, those are byproducts of being saved from your sin. The primary thing Christ saves from his sin, no matter what your sin is, whether it's fornication, sex outside of marriage, your lust, your porn watching, your drug use, your cigarette smoking, all your sin, all your sin comes up before the throne of God. God knows about it. God sees. He's not blind to it. He doesn't turn a blind eye to it either. But his mercy available for you. The Bible says, come, Jesus said, come to me, all you who labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Oh, the heavy burden, the hard yoke of sin, the hard taskmaster the devil is on the sinner. But there's a good master who cares for your soul who loved you enough to lay down his life for you on the cross. He said, greater love is no man than this, than to lay his life down for his friends. Well, Jesus Christ laid his life down for his enemies. Sinners are enemies of God. That's you. You're an enemy of God. But Christ, that's the, how great his love is. That's how great his sacrifice is, that he laid his life down for you, that you might be delivered, that you might be freed from all your corruption. All the guilt, all the shame, all the sin. Christ came to set you free. Don't go on your sin to hell. Come to Christ tonight. We plead with you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. Okay. Okay. Uh, one other quick observation. This sermon minus the interruptions, could have been preached from any Church of Christ pulpit in any Church of Christ building on any given Sunday that I've ever been at. I've heard this sermon with these scripture references used in this way a zillion times in church. Okay, there, there's nothing special that is catered to uh, the fact that it's outdoors and being preached in a crowd and in a hostile environment. This is the exact sermon I have heard time and time and time again in churches, which is why I say again and again and again, no matter how uh, many different pre people preach it and no matter what the setting is where it's preached this is 
Christianity. <laughs> this is mainstream Christianity. Now, mainstream Christians don't tend to become street preachers, but street preachers preach a mainstream Christianity. This is, once again, one of the reasons why it's so hard for mainstream Christians. They amen every point. They agree with every point. A few points they cringe at. You know, these days, they, they don't like so much uh, fiery hell talk. But many churches are still fiery hell churches, and they agree point by point. You hear this sermon in regular churches preached to regular people week after week after week. This is 4S. This is a no-spin zone, no BS zone, no straw man zone. This is what they're saying. And so when I say, you know, such and such as the Christian view, think back on these moments. <laughs> think back on them and think back on this sermon and remember how many of these points are echoed in Catholic churches, Church of England churches, Pentecostal churches, Baptist churches, Churches of Christ churches, Methodist churches, and however many churches that we have covered. This is the message of mainstream Christianity. And the idea that, you know, the academic Christian, academic Christianity that you see in some corners of the internet is the mainstream Christianity is bullshit. And by now you should recognize that. So sure, I don't mind engaging uh, the minority Christianity, the academic Christianity, uh, the progressive Christianity. I'll, I'll engage with that from time to time. But honestly, that's just not the Christianity that the vast majority of people know about or care about. This is it. And Christians can like it or not, don't care. This is the real stuff. This is what it sounds like. And we'll see you again next time.